0: Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hello, you guys. Welcome to Hope. I am so glad that you guys are with us here online today. You know, maybe it's your first time. So, hey, if it is your first time with us, I am so incredibly glad you're here But maybe you are traveling for the holidays, you're heading out of town already, you couldn't be here with us in person, or you normally go to one of our in-person campuses. I cannot forget and I will not forget to shout out all of the campuses. We are one church many locations. And so Frisco West campus out there. Hey, if you're watching online today, let us know. Show your campus some love in the chat. Prosper, McKinney, East, all you guys. And of course, I would never, ever, ever forget my online campus. Love you guys so much. And so if we haven't met, um, my name is Mary and I am the online campus pastor. And this week, Um, John has asked us, John is our lead pastor, he's asked us to come and share on um, this Christmas series. So yay, I'm so excited. I get to share Christmas message, which is like my favorite time of the year. You know, I know Christmas can be Um, A lot of things. (laughs) You know, maybe you're laughing or chuckling right now because you're like, oh, yes, it can. Christmas can be a lot of things. It can be maybe really lonely or stressful financially. I mean, in this economy, you guys, I know it's got to be stressful for some of you guys. Maybe this Christmas is the first Christmas without a loved one. And I found some difficult Christmases in my past. And what has always gotten me through those difficult Christmases is to remember the story of Jesus. You know, I love Christmas so much because we get to remember the incredibly unique, so unique arrival of Jesus. And how God so intricately and incredibly put together this story of bringing about this little baby. Like, let's just remember that. He is a little baby into this or onto this planet and he grew up and he would be our saving grace. He would be our salvation. How incredible is that story? It's so incredible. So I always love seeing how God just put it all together. It really is art. And that is what this series is called, The Art of Christmas. And so I've loved it so much because you've gotten to see that in every single step of this series. And so, hey, maybe you missed out. Or it is your first time. Maybe you missed one of our earlier messages in this series, The Art of Christmas. Don't worry. No problem. We're going to bring you up to speed. We're going to recap the message so that you know what we've talked about. You know where we're going. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So here's where we've been. Week one, we talked about do not be afraid. This is when the angels came to the shepherds and they said, Don't be afraid. That week we talked about fear. Now I don't know about you guys, but for me, that was that hit home. That hit home in a way I didn't realize it would. Week two, I bring you good. News. This, is such, this was such a good message if you missed it, especially if you are a normal attender and you are, consider yourself a Christ follower. Man, you have got to check this out. How easy it is for us to forget our incredible need for the good news, for the gospel of Jesus. And one of the things that John said in there was, it's good news for those of us who know we need good news. And so that was week two. Last week, we talked about one of my all-time favorites, Mary. And yes, that's because we share the same name, Mary. Mary Crystal, Mary Christmas. There's so many correlations here. So rejoice. We talked about Mary and how when, when this mission to carry Jesus into this world and to carry him for nine months, her mission that was laid on her shoulders, her unparalleled, response to that and her willingness and her joy that she displayed in that that's what we talked about last week and this week I'm so excited because we are talking about some slightly actually I wouldn't even say slightly very mysterious figures in the Christmas story you maybe heard of them as wise men maybe magi maybe kings But we're going to be talking about them today. And this story is kind of surprising. You know, like at the end of it, you're like, wait, what? I didn't realize that. I didn't know what was going on. It's definitely a surprise, but it's like a good surprise. It's not like the kind of surprise where you wait all year for your Christmas bonus. And when you finally get your Christmas bonus, it's actually a year membership to the Jill of the Month Club. That's like a bad surprise, right? That's not the surprise you want. This is a surprise where you look at this story. Of Jesus and how it was so beautifully put together and you have a greater perspective of what God is doing and his providence over everything in the world and so that's what we're talking about this week and I'm really excited because we're going to kind of go a few places but we're going to land there in the next week of course if you didn't know <laughs> very important information here if you didn't know this Christmas Eve is next weekend. It is coming. Some of you guys are like, oh, I got to get my gifts. I got to get going. Yes, Christmas Eve is here and it's such an incredible time here at Hope Fellowship. If you've never been with us for Christmas Eve, we've got lots of services for you guys. Lots. Bring your family, bring people that you, your neighbors, people that you have never come to Hope before. Um, we've got plenty of service times for you. And so just a quick reminder. Something we do here at Hope is we ask you to RSVP. This is very, very helpful. Maybe you're wondering, why do I have to do that? Well, lots of people who aren't hearing this message right now are going to come. They haven't been to church in forever. Maybe it wasn't since last Easter or two years ago, and they're finally coming to church. But they're all coming at a certain time, and we don't know what time that is. But you could tell us when you're coming so we can be prepared for our regulars. And then you can even see. Just a side note, you can even see when um, it's like almost full. So maybe come to one that's less full, like not the 330 service at any of your campuses. Um, but either way, no matter when you come, uh, we just want to make a great experience for you guys. So it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Now, let's get into it. We're going into the story now. And this is what I want to stick to your heart like red and green Christmas glitter. No matter who you are no matter who you are, really, really important for this message, no matter who you are, if you look for him, you will find him. What an incredible promise. Isn't that such an incredible promise? This is what God's word tells us, not just in this story that we're talking about today, but throughout all of scripture from the beginning to the end, in every story, this is echoed, that no matter who you are, Jewish, Gentile, female, male, whoever you are, young, old, you, if you look for him, you will find him. Now this message is actually not a faith, necessarily a faith message. You know, we're not talking about faith today, but what we find so often is that faith and seeking God, looking for him, go hand in hand. That often in our lives, our faith is the, the beginning and our motivation to seek after God. So, not a faith message, but I want to make some distinctions really quick. So this is how I'm going to define faith and the, the correlation kind of between seeking. Faith is believing God is who he says he is. And just a side note, I feel like John always like, makes definitions, so that's what I'm doing here. I'm making a definition. <laughs> faith is believing God is who he says he is. And can do what he says he is going to do in his own way. So that's faith, right? Our seeking, you and us seeking God, is an organic, so it's organic, it's natural. You know, I want it. Sometimes I just want it. Like, I believe in God and I want it and I go for it. Yet intentional, because we don't always want it, right? We don't always feel it. So it's organic, yet intentional response to having faith and believing in God. That, so that's what we see so often, that when I have faith in God, when I believe that God is who he says he is, is going to do what he says he's going to do, then I respond to that. I respond to that. I pray more, and I, I want to read my Bible more, and I want to go to church and be in community more, and I want to do the things. I want to give more. I want to serve more. Like all of this kind of comes out of our faith, and it's so beautiful. But so often we skew that a little bit and we feel as though we have to do these things so, and we get it backwards so that God will help us or serve us or meet our needs though he does do those things and we should do those things, right? But the last thing I would want is for you to leave and think that we can use our faith in this way. So here's what seeking isn't. It's not twisting God's arm, twisting his wrist. Hey, if I pray enough, then God has to do what I want him to do because I sought after him. That's real, y'all. That is a real, that is a real thing we deal with. It's not manipulation. You can't manipulate God. Okay, so even if you try, like you can't. Like that's just not how it works. He's God. (laughs) It's not getting what you want when you want it, though when we seek, we find. When we knock, the door is answered. Like, yes, that's so true, but it's not about me getting what I want when I want it. And it is most definitely so important because this, this is where we can get confused often. It is not earning or working for God's presence. So I'm just gonna just repeat that. If you're taking notes, like, write it again, underline it like 10 times, star it, text your friend. Earning, it is not earning or working. For God's presence. So, 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 so often we feel if I can sing loud enough, if I can pray enough, if I can do fill in the blank enough, then God will be with me. Then God will help me. Then God will provide for me. What? God is already here. God is already near. His presence is with us. And we'll get more into that. But let me be so clear, (laughs) please hear me if you hear anything, hear this, that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He is already with us wherever you are right now. If you are stressing because of the holidays, if you have relationship difficulties, if you're going through something, if you're grieving, no matter who you are, no matter Where you are, no matter what you've done, he is with you. Now, we are not always with him, are we? But he, he is always with us. He is faithful when we are faithless. So he's here with us. And that's so important as we get into this story. I love how the psalmist put it, Psalm 139. This is one of my all-time favorite psalms. I can never escape from your spirit. This is before Jesus, okay? So this is big. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even darkness cannot hide me from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. His presence is with us. He is near to us when we're not near to him. But we're going to look, we're going to go on a journey through some of the gospels and the stories. And I found three seekers that really stood out to me. Three seekers that you might not expect, but they displayed such faith. They were commended, all of them, for their faith. And they never said the words, where is he, like our wise men did. But they were a living example of seeking after God, saying, where is he? Faith can be found in unlikely people. And each of these seekers is so unlikely. Faith can be found in the most unlikely of people. I kind of alluded to this earlier. No matter who you are, man, woman, young, old, sinner, saint, no matter who you are, you can have faith. You can seek after God. And we see it time and time again. And I love it. Who better to start with than a woman, in that culture especially, a woman breaking the law. She's breaking the law. She's breaking the Jewish customs. And here's where we'll pick it up in Luke 8. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years, y'all. <laughs> 12 years, that's a long time. 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. This woman, y'all, ladies, <laughs> ladies, <laughs> bleeding for 12 years. You can feel get- that she was having her period for 12 years. That is a long time, the physical, the emotional, the mental toll that this had to have taken on this woman. Most of us, man, one week is rough. (laughs) Most of us, when we go through a trial or a suffering or a hardship, one year is tough. This woman for 12 years suffered with this. And what's so important to recognize in this story is that this woman was an outcast. Because of this, she was an outsider. She was separated from people. She was not supposed to be touching anyone, but she was a seeker and she was desperate. Here's what it says. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. So like everyone's touching him. (laughs) A woman in the crowd had said, oh, sorry, next slide. But Jesus said, someone deliberately, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. This woman never said the words, where is he? She was so unlikely. She was disqualified. She was an outcast, she was an outsider, but she was a living example of unlikely people. Faith can be found in unlikely people. No matter who you are, if you look for him, no matter who you are, if you look for him, you'll find him. There's a centurion soldier. That's how I've always heard of him, the centurion. He was a Roman soldier and he was living in a Jewish community. So, very likely considered an intruder, definitely not in the tribe, not one of the Jewish people. The Jewish community was a tight-knit, close community. If you were in or you were out, and if you were Jewish, you were in, and if you were not Jewish, Gentile, you were out, right? So we've got this Gentile soldier, and he goes to Jesus, and he tells Jesus, hey, I've got a suffering servant. I've got a servant. He is suffering right now, and I've heard of you. Hey, come, come, just say the word and heal my servant. Um, And so that's kind of where we pick up. and, And he offers, Jesus offers, hey, I'll go to your home and I'll heal your servant. And here's where it picks up in Matthew 8, verse 8. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they'll go, come and they'll come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, so this, this was his faith statement that I believe in your authority. I believe that you can do this. I believe you, you just say it and it's done. That was his faith statement. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he turned to his disciples, to the Jewish people, those following him, and he said something crazy <laughs> He said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles, so non-Jewish people, many Gentiles will come from all over the world, east east, and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the feast of the kingdom of heaven. This is unheard of. The people that he was saying this to had to have been shocked. What? This Gentile soldier that's not in the tribe, he is included to sit among the heroes of the Jewish faith in heaven. He was an unlikely seeker. Faith can be found in unlikely people, right? We're getting it, we're getting it. Faith can be found in unlikely people, no matter who you are. If you look for him, you will find him. Fast forward to the cross and Jesus is on the cross and there's two thieves next to him. Luke 23, 39 says this. You've likely heard this if you've been in church. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. That was his faith statement. This criminal, this outcast, someone not just that people didn't like, that people wanted to die, criminal. That was his faith statement. Then he said, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this is what Jesus said. He replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Even a criminal. He was an unlikely seeker. If you look for him, you will find him. If you look for him, no matter who you are, if you look for him, you will find him. He was a dying example. A dying example Of someone who was a seeker and never said the words, Where is he? But he was a living example of seeking God. He was a living example of where is he? He believed Jesus was king before, he believed Jesus was king in that moment when he was about to die. And above Jesus on the cross was a sign that said, King of the Jews. And in that moment, Jesus became the perfect sacrifice. Lived a perfect life, became the sacrifice for you and me so that we, when we seek him, because of what Jesus did, when we seek him, we would find him. Rewind to Jesus' earlier days. And here's Jesus, probably a couple years old actually, (laughs) maybe two weeks old, maybe two years old, and we meet the mysterious wise men, magi, kings, they go looking for Jesus, asking the question, where is he? Before he ever, before he ever performed one miracle, they went looking for him. Here it is in Matthew 2, verse 1 through 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. Not a great guy. Don't love that guy. (laughs) About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn King of the Jews. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. That's a really comfortable translation, right? Some wise men from the east. But what this means is that these wise men, and we can only know so much because right now this is the only place that these men are talked about. It is in no other gospel. It is only in Matthew's. It's this small chunk of scripture, their story. And it's in a book that is written to a Jewish audience, all about the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the promises to the Jewish people. And here... Out of nowhere, after explaining Jesus' genealogy and who he was and how God's putting all of this together in the Old Testament's being fulfilled, he includes these guys? They were Gentiles, they were foreigners, they were outsiders. And from the text, the wise men, more accurately, is translated magi. In other words, they studied the stars. They were outsiders, magi, who studied the stars, and they were from the east. And Matthew included them. He included these three men. No matter who you are, no matter who you are, if you look for him, you will find him. This happened after Jesus' birth, But it was before Jesus made similar statements about outsiders. It was before the centurion. It was before the woman with the issue of blood. It was before the thief. This was before Galatians when Paul said there's neither Jew nor Gentile. This was before the cross. This was before all of that. And here Matthew is saying even then that these men should be included in this story. And that they came to worship the king, they believed he was a king, the king of the Jews. Now we can't get into the rest of the story, but I'll sum it up really briefly. That after that, they find Jesus, they follow a star, they find Jesus, who's young, maybe a toddler, maybe two, year, maybe, maybe two weeks, maybe two years, um, and they find him and they offer him gifts and there's a, they have a dream, because they're going to go back to Herod, right, and tell him, hey, I found the king of the Jews which Herod was technically king over the Jews, so he was threatened, right? But they were warned in a dream. And instead of going back to him, they went another way, and, they, and he was in hiding from Herod for, till Herod died, basically, which was shortly after. And so this is what happens, and we've got a king who has, has, wants to find Jesus to silence him, but then we've got these three other kings, Magi, wise men, who are wanting to worship him. And so often our seeking is not always what we're doing. They were both seeking Jesus, but one had a posture that was saying, hey, I want this for me. I want this so I can stop him, so I can keep my power. And the others were different. They wanted to worship him. They both asked the question, where is he? They both asked it, but they had different motivations. They were seeking for different reasons. So I have two questions for you. When was the last time you asked that question, where is he? And why did you ask it honestly? And would you consider yourself a seeker? Would you, right now, if you were honest, consider yourself a seeker? Because you can be religious, you can go to church, you can pay the tithe, you can journal, you can pray. And often in that, that is often generous and honest seeking, right? But we can do all that that stuff and still in our hearts not be a seeker, not be an honest seeker wanting to seek after Jesus, to have faith and believe that he is who he says he is. And I love, and this is where we'll land the plane in Acts 17, verse 22 men of Athens. So this is is after all that, and this is Paul. He's saying, men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God. So he kind of goes into like a He like just, he like kind of like sets it up and he's like, actually, and uh, let me get on my soapbox about who God is. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need from one man. He created all the nations throughout the world. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. And this is what I want you to hear. His purpose, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God. And perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. He is not far He came near in that last breath on the cross. He is with us. His Holy Spirit is with us. So we go looking. We seek after him. Not because he's hiding or he's in some other place, but he's near. We just call our attention to him. The Magi traveled all the way from the east a long journey to find this King of the Jews, to find Jesus. You don't have to go that far. The Magi traveled from the east to find Jesus. You don't have to go that far. And as we close, my prayer for you is that you would recognize right now, wherever you're watching from, whatever situation or season you're in, that God is not far from him or from you. You just need to call your attention to him. Look to him. He's right there. Perhaps reach out and find him, though he is not far from you. Maybe you are very religious in every way. I want to pray for you, but I also want to pray for those of you who you feel far away. And you feel like God is out of your reach. So as we pray, I just want to invite you to join us in praying for these people. But if that's you, you know, let's, let's go old school and wherever you are, you know, maybe you're in your car, maybe you just want to put your hand on your heart or, may, or maybe you just want to put your hands out like this and say, God, that's me. It's some, some type of representation like, hey God, that, that's me. That, that's seeking. That's me. And let's pray for you right now. And if that's not you, join us in praying for these people that are listening all over the world. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for who you are. I thank you for the way you have crafted our salvation. God, I thank you for what you did on the cross, that you came near to us, and that you called the unlikely. God, that no matter who we are, if we look for you, we will find you. I'm so grateful for that promise, and I pray right now for those among us who are saying, God, that's me. God, that's me. Right now, they're having the faith to seek you and say, God, that's me. God, I pray that right now, they would have peace. They would have peace and know that you are near to them, that you're not far from them. And God, that as they continue the journey of seeking you, they find that you are around every corner and every circumstance and every situation and every conversation. And God, I pray that we would have the humility and the willingness and the faith